You've heard of Grammarly, and you might think it's a fancy spell check, but people on your team have been using it and loving it for years because it does way more than you realize. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that works seamlessly across apps and websites and can write an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. When every word your team writes is clear, concise and on brand, companies can save 19 days per employee per year. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said, done. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com earnings right now. NetSuite.com earnings. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. From the heart of where innovation, money, and power collide, in Silicon Valley and beyond, this is Bloomberg Technology with Emily Chang. Chang in San Francisco, and this is Bloomberg Technology. Coming up in the next hour, it's official. Elon Musk has agreed to buy Twitter for $44 billion. The world's richest man will soon be in charge of one of the most influential social networks in the world. We've got this developing story covered from all angles over the course of the hour, a new chapter in tech history. But at the same time that the Musk deal is going through, he tweets another insult at the SEC, calling those who run it shameless puppets over his ongoing Tesla feud. What all these jabs might mean when regulators get a look at this deal. And aside from all the money that's being spent on Twitter, the other big question, of course, is what happens to everyone who's been banned from it, including former President Trump? How exactly does Elon Musk define free speech? We'll wade into the thorniest part of this debate that has perplexed, perplexed tech platforms for decades. We're going to get to all of that in a moment. But first, Elon Musk gets his way, agreeing to a deal to take Twitter private for $44 billion. Each investor will receive $54.20 for every Twitter share they own. I want to stick with Twitter and bring in insider intelligence principal analyst Jasmine Enberg, as well as Bloomberg's Michelle Davis. Michelle, talk to us about uh, the unknowns at this point. We've got Twitter earnings coming up, for example, in just a few days. Is there a chance Elon Musk could see those numbers and say, hey, no thanks? So the unknowns that we have at this point are many, um, but it is official. There is a deal. Uh, what we don't know is this $21 billion equity check that uh, we just talked about. How much of that will, at the end of the day, be officially from Musk, and how much of that will take the form of you know, other equity partners coming in? It's our understanding that Musk is speaking with other potential equity partners, uh, and that it wasn't you know, necessary for them to have that lined up before they made this deal public, and that things obviously materialized so quickly over the weekend that uh, that could be part of why we don't see that yet. Another question that we have is uh, what happens from a regulatory perspective? Uh, we've gotten lots of questions around, you know, does the industry become more regulated? If he, if one of the equity partners uh, is 
someone from outside of the United States, does that open this up to uh, you know, regulatory scrutiny from, from regulators that are not based in the US? And then there's also the question of, uh, do Twitter shareholders approve this deal? At this point, we saw from the press release that uh, Twitter's entire board unanimously approved the deal, uh, but it is subject to a, a shareholder vote. And so we're going to be hearing more from, from shareholders in the coming days to see, to see what their views are. Now, Twitter has said it's not going to have an earnings call this week, but will report its latest numbers as planned. Jasmine, one of the many open questions here is what kind of business model does Elon Musk think Twitter should have? He sort of hinted he wants to move away from an ad revenue business model. And if so, what does that mean? Does that mean subscription? And uh, will that really be a profitable engine? Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of unknowns, one really big unknown is, of course, what happens to Twitter's ad business um, as a result of this deal. As you said, Musk is a proponent of making Twitter a subscription-based service rather than an ad-supportive one. But the problem here is that there's plenty of research that shows that consumers still prefer to view free content in exchange for ads and subscribe to a service. And making Twitter a subscription service would radically change its business model. It's worth noting that this isn't something that would happen overnight. There is some talk that Musk would need Twitter's ad revenues in order to keep it afloat as the transition um, continues. And it's also worth noting that this is happening at a time that Twitter has really seen a rebound in ad growth. Um, we'll have to wait until Thursday to see if that continued in Q1. But at least um, for 2021, it reported 41% growth in its ad revenues. And at Insider Intelligence, um, in our latest forecast that was made before this announcement, we were expecting Twitter's ad revenues to grow by another 25% this year. What are you expecting uh, this deal to, how do you expect this deal to impact user growth? Well, Twitter has already been struggling in bringing in new users. And I think one part of this whole Musk saga that has been so interesting is that Twitter is a platform that really thrives on news and uncertainty and even controversy. So there's a chance that all of this playing out really could have helped uh, Twitter's uh, engagement. Of course, that's not something that we will see in the earnings call on Thursday as that um, happened after Q1. But um, it's possible that Twitter is still struggling. It's actually likely that Twitter is still struggling. I'm not expecting to see massive user growth, considering the user growth that it uh, reported last quarter um, in monetizable daily active users. Michelle, can you walk us through the next steps? Uh, you know, this deal isn't done. Um, it'll happen sometime this year, uh, as, as far as they've told us. But is there anything between now and close that could take this deal off the rails? So a, a bunch of things could happen between now and let's say the end of the year. Next steps for I guess the Elon Musk Twitter deal that we have on the table right now is uh, if Elon Musk wants to, he can take out the equity commitment that he has for $21 billion and replace it with commitments from other people or you know actual equity from other people. Uh, the deal also needs to get uh, regulatory approval. It needs to get approved by shareholders. Um, and then there is always the possibility that another bidder comes in. Now, it's our understanding that there is a reverse breakup be in this deal, which means basically Elon Musk has to pay a, a certain amount of money if he decides to walk away from the deal or if it falls apart for certain reasons. Uh, and so if another bidder were to come in, he wouldn't owe that. But there is, you know, there is the possibility that another bidder could still come in here. Uh, so yeah, we'll be watching that. Interesting.
Now, Jasmine, I'm curious what you make of Elon Musk's stance on free speech and how you expect that to impact users and ad revenues. If he evolves uh, the service to be you know, more liberal when it comes to uh, moderation, not in a political sense, but you know what I mean, um, you know, what does that mean for advertisers specifically? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Musk has said that he wants to make Twitter into a free speech haven, which would likely reverse a lot of the guardrails that Twitter has instituted in order to protect the health of its platform, its users, and the brands that advertise there. Um, you know, doing so might make a lot of risk-adverse uh, risk advertisers really wary about advertising on Twitter. There's always the chance of misinformation and disinformation spreading when content is less moderated. Um, so, you know, if they are to keep this ad business, um, it is something that Musk will have to do to figure out how to balance this idea of less content moderation with creating a brand-safe uh, environment for advertisers. So many questions that need answers, which will only come over time. Jasmine Enberg of Insider Intelligence, Bloomberg's Michelle Davis, who's covering the deal, uh, all angles of it for us. Thank you both. Coming up, Musk taking Twitter private almost a decade to the day uh, after Twitter became a public company. Does this raise any regulatory concerns given Musk's run-ins with the SEC? Are policymakers in the U.S. and beyond paying attention? We'll have that discussion next. This is Bloomberg. What if everyone at work were an expert communicator? What if every doc, message and email they wrote was perfectly clear and concise? Inbox numbers would drop, customer satisfaction scores would rise and everyone would be more productive. That's where Grammarly comes in. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that understands your business and can transform it through better communication. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. That's because with Grammarly's AI, what used to take a few hours only takes a few clicks, like generating an instant first draft in your company voice or tailoring a message to your specific audience and goals. And Grammarly's personalized on-brand writing help is built in everywhere your team works, across 500,000 apps and websites. Plus, it's safe, secure, and already IT-approved. Join 70,000 teams who trust Grammarly with their words and their data. Learn more at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said, done. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE.
voila, here we are, the offer is accepted. Ultimately, no one thought that they would settle on that price. The biggest criticism of Twitter over the balance of the last decade or so the company has had as a public company has been that, frankly, they haven't innovated very much and the platform is essentially the same as it was. I think the biggest question is, is how did the Twitter board buy into this? Uh, ultimately, they had no backup. Uh, this tells you how weak the company was. I'm more interested in knowing who's going to run the company, what are the priorities going to be, where are they going to be investing, and how the platform is going to change. I'm excited to see what he's going to do with the company when it is private. Um, he is a visionary, and, uh, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. Back to the story of the day. Shares of Twitter up almost 6%. What does it really mean for shareholders? And will this raise the eyebrows of lawmakers and policymakers? I want to bring in Natasha Lamb of Arjuna Capital now to discuss an activist investor, of course. Natasha, if you're a shareholder today, what does this really mean for you? What's going through your head? Well, I mean, one question is whether um, the Twitter's board is leaving money on the table. Um, the stock was at over, you know, $70 last July, 66 in October. Um, so that's a big question. Uh, but, you know, I think the bigger, the bigger concern for us, our main concern is the consolidation of Musk's power. Um, that's not to say anything about who he is as a person, but the simple fact that you've got the world's richest man in charge of the world's biggest megaphone. Uh, we don't know what his intentions are other than a blanket statement to uphold free speech. Uh, and, you know, we've often been critical of companies that have the same person as CEO and chairman, right? because it creates an echo chamber effect where divergent perspectives aren't considered. But this is even worse. It's akin to a kid packing up his toys, going home to play by himself. Um, and unfortunately, the consequences of this game are much greater than Elon Musk. So what are the co potential consequences here? Do you think this will raise the attention of regulators, specifically the SEC, uh, potentially other regulatory bodies here in the United States? And what about regulators around the world? I think, I, I think that it will. I mean, in some, in some ways, um, with the company going private and, and a big concern you know for us is that uh it will be shielded from regulatory scrutiny um it will be shielded from the impact of investors like arjuna capital that you know we lend perspective on esg or environmental social and governance practices that the company may otherwise ignore um the problem is that the impact of twitter it it's not limited to Musk's whims. Um, it can have severe consequences on our society and our democracy. Um, you know, the insurrection on the Capitol, that's just one example. And so I think that there will be regulatory um, consequences, but they're not going to play out the same way that they have, right? Rolling out the carpet, um, bringing, uh, you know, Twitter's CEO in front of Congress, not that kind of um, regulation. This space probably needs some regulation, uh, but, you know, the complexity of these issues is so profound. And, you know, we've really been pushing for human and civil rights expertise to be built into the board, to be built into business strategies so that the company itself is taking on these issues, not waiting for regula regulators to do it. Um, and we had that proposed at the company's annual meeting for this spring, although that conversation uh, now appears moot. 
Well, and now Elon Musk will be taking on the complexity of those issues with no shareholders to answer to. Twitter as a private company making these very complex, consequential decisions that impact public discourse. What's your sense of how he will take on that challenge? I mean, I think it's a big question mark. But, you know, if you go back to when Dorsey was running the company, a big criticism is that he was distracted. He was distracted by being the CEO at Square, now Block. Um, and Musk is running multiple companies. He's got Tesla, he's got SpaceX, uh, the Boring Company, which is drilling holes under LA. He's got Neuralink, which is linking, you know, the human brain to computers. Um, and honestly, how many hours does Musk have to spend on this? Um, you know, in, in my opinion, Twitter is too important to be a hobby and really requires um, uh, the full-time attention um, of who, whomever is leading it. Right, Jack Dorsey just left the company, you know, potentially in part because he had two really big jobs. I want to go back to this question for shareholders. Do you really think they're getting a potentially a bad deal here and leaving money on the table? I mean, Twitter shares haven't been at $70 for some time, and, and, and longtime investors have been waiting a while uh, for any kind of momentum to pick up in the price. I mean, I, I hear you there, um, you know, but I mean, the company was at, the stock was at 66 in October. Um, and, you know, as, as you heard from a previous analyst, uh, Twitter has been growing ad revenue. The name of the game for Twitter was to grow subscribers. Um, I'm very interested to see, you know, what Musk does with this. If, if he does indeed bring it to a subscription model, you know, that's obviously going to limit user growth. Um, and, and, you know, in some ways, uh, from a social perspective, if we're thinking about Twitter as the de facto town square, it could further isolate users because um, who wants to pay for an increasingly toxic platform? What do you think this, you know, I know you're, you got, you're a longtime activist investor, including in Facebook. What do you think Elon Musk buying Twitter means for Facebook? Um, I think that it is... It, I think that it's it's sad to see um, sort of the, the the emperors of social media, if you will. Um, we've had a you know long for a long time have been critical um, of Mark Zuckerberg's position and power, given his you know 14 percent ownership in Facebook, but also his role as CEO and chairman. And here you have Elon Musk potentially owning um, the entire company and being able to do whatever he wants with it. I mean, there is a history of billionaires buying media companies, and you have to ask why. Um, you know, going back to Hearst and um, look at Bezos buying uh, the Washington Post. This isn't this isn't something new. Um, but again, it really brings up those concerns of the the consolidation of power. Um, especially when there's such a huge impact on our public discourse, our democracy, uh, human and civil rights, and free speech. Right. And Bezos famously said he was going to be hands-off at the Washington Post. Here, Elon Musk is buying this huge media asset, saying basically the opposite. He is going to be very involved. Natasha Lamb, Arjuna Capital Managing Partner, thank you, as always, for joining us.
In the process of sealing a deal to buy Twitter, Elon Musk also chose to use the platform to once again complain about the SEC, specifically the San Francisco office over taking Tesla private, calling them, quote, shameless puppets of Wall Street short seller sharks, and adding, once again, that's why he's lost all respect for them. Let's talk about the SEC and what role it will play in this Twitter deal with Bloomberg's Lydia Beaud, who joins us now from Washington. Just so curious what folks inside the SEC are thinking right now. Does the SEC actually have a jurisdiction over this deal? Lydia. To a degree. The SEC's role is really one of disclosure. So when the transaction proxy is filed, they'll get a chance to really push Twitter for um, clarifying a lot of the terms of this transaction. So what exactly, what kind of information could the SEC request here and how could it influence the deal? So they'll be looking, they'll be really scrutinizing the terms of the transaction. That could be everything from the financing to how sort of the deal came together, but also any unusual provisions such as the reverse termination fee. Whatever the SEC feels like needs more disclosure, more transparency for Twitter shareholders to be fully informed ahead of their vote later this year. So let's talk about potentially broader questions here. You know, potentially the SEC has some sway. You also have Elon Musk, a single person, uh, you know, being in charge of influencing so many different now critical parts of U.S. infrastructure, whether it is electric cars or space or now potentially social media. Even though these aren't necessarily overlapping areas, could the power he has over so many different important parts uh, of business in the world economy make a difference? You know, Emily, I think you're right, and everyone else is too, to really focus on the power that this acquisition could bring to uh, the world's richest man to have control over this, you know, very powerful communications platform. In D.C., I think that that's going to translate into a renewed debate on social media's role as, you know, this public forum that Musk is talking about, and whether or not there's need for more liability uh, and what role content uh, moderation plays in kind of this, the, the free speech uh, ecosystem. Lydia, you've been covering the SEC for a long time. How, how do you think the, the history between Musk and the SEC is going to play out here? Tweets like the one we saw today, which is not unusual. You know, it would be interesting to see um, how Musk comments or does not as this deal makes its way through uh, the regulatory process. But beyond that, I don't want to speculate too much. And can you remind us where the SEC is right now on the Tesla going private dispute? There is, you know, another lawsuit ongoing, <laughs> dragging back up this tweet from 2018. Still lives on. Uh, that that's right. I've heard various, uh, you know, I've read the same news that some of our my colleagues have reported here about uh, whether the SEC kind of cracks that wide open again or maybe looks to bring some new cases there. So we'll, we'll see what the future holds for that. All right. Lydia Beaud, Bloomberg News, who covers the SEC for us. Thank you. Coming up, Musk says he hopes even his worst critics remain on Twitter because that's what free speech means. We'll explore what Elon Musk's version of moderation might actually mean for the service and public discourse. This is Bloomberg. What if everyone at work were an expert communicator? What if every doc, message and email they wrote was perfectly clear and concise? Inbox numbers would drop. 
Customer satisfaction scores would rise and everyone would be more productive. That's where Grammarly comes in. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that understands your business and can transform it through better communication. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. That's because with Grammarly's AI, what used to take a few hours only takes a few clicks, like generating an instant first draft in your company voice or tailoring a message to your specific audience and goals. And Grammarly's personalized on-brand writing help is built in everywhere your team works, across 500,000 apps and websites. Plus, it's safe, secure, and already IT-approved. Join 70,000 teams who trust Grammarly with their words and their data. Learn more at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Welcome back to Bloomberg Technology. I'm Emily Chang in San Francisco. On April 14th, Elon Musk offered to purchase Twitter for $43 billion. 11 days later, he's made that deal a reality. Here's what he had to say the day he made that original offer about how he views the platform. I think it's very important for uh, there to be an inclusive arena for free speech uh, where all, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Um, Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square. Um, so uh, it, it's just really important that people have the, both the, uh, the reality and the perception uh, that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. So what exactly is free speech, the Elon Musk way? Bloomberg senior executive editor for Global Tech, Brad Stone, with me now. This is the biggest open question. What exactly does he mean by free speech? And how exactly does he plan to allow that to flourish right. on a private service? That is the question. And it has to be viewed within the context of a larger debate about social media that has been happening for years. Conservatives tend to think that the big social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, have too many rules, the algorithms are too opaque, bands of users are too draconian, while liberals, uh, those on the left, tend to think that the social platforms aren't doing enough to fight hate speech and disinformation, et cetera. With what Elon, well, you just heard from Elon, sounds right, like, you know, very, very positive, very straightforward, but I think part of the reason why this acquisition is so polarizing is it does seem to, it does, it does seem 
seem like he is siding with the conservatives and saying he wants to be more permissive of speech and perhaps even the kinds of misinformation that have made Twitter such a difficult forum to use. But even in the town square, there are consequences if you, there are laws, right? There's enforcement of those laws. How will Elon Musk, what are the rules Elon Musk's way. And, and that's exactly the question, right? He hasn't provided any specificity uh, to, to, the, to the otherwise sort of laudable statements. And so what I wrote about this morning was the status of at Donald Trump with almost 90 million Twitter followers. What is he going to do? He has expressed some kind of skepticism of a permanent ban. And so I think we're likely to see Donald Trump, if he, if he wants to, he told Fox News he doesn't want to go back to Twitter today. I find that hard to believe. Mm -hmm. If he comes back to the service, you know, what what kind of reaction will that get? What are the limits, yes. uh, even for a public figure that's that's trodden over them in the past? You point out that Jeff Bezos, when he bought the Washington Post, famously said he's hands off. He's not going to have any sway over editorial decision. Elon Musk is basically saying the opposite here. He's going to be very involved, especially if you look at how involved he is at Tesla and at SpaceX. Um, you know, what does it mean for a single person to have such sway over a platform that is so influential over public discourse. The comparison with the Washington Post is interesting, and that was a $250 million deal, uh, pennies in comparison, back in 2013. Bezos said he wouldn't get involved. He, he largely hasn't in the editorial direction of the Post. I liken this not just to a financial takeover of Twitter, but to a political takeover. He is coming in with a very uh, uh, specific ideology and saying he's going to operate it differently. Is it more like a Murdoch moment? Yeah, I think I, I, I compared it to, to Murdoch's takeover of the Post and the Wall Street Journal, where he's bringing some, some politics in and promising a departure from the current way that the company and the platform is administered. All right, Brad Stone, thank you. As always, I want to continue this conversation with Techonomy founder David Kirkpatrick and Chamber of Progress founder and CEO Adam Kavakovich. David, I want to start with you since we've been talking about this now. It feels like almost every day since April 14th. Now it's official. Um, what about Twitter is going to change under Elon Musk? Well, you know, actually, I thought what Brad just said was very interesting. And if you really ask yourself, is this a financial takeover or a political takeover or both? If it's both, I am not as worried about the free speech issues. Um, because obviously the business will require significant moderation. It's not just a matter of obey obeying the law. Users expect a more or less safe environment in which to function. Uh, but you know, in my macro response to the whole deal is that it's probably a good thing, cautious optimism, because in, in, in interestingly, regarding Facebook, which, as you know, I think about a lot, I've said for a long time that the best thing for Facebook would be if Zuckerberg found a way to take it private so he could make the difficult changes, which he doesn't even seem to want to make, sadly. But taking Twitter private, taking any company private, as Michael Dell proved, is a way to really do difficult things that the market might not let you do. And I, I think some of the suggestions he has, and most notably authenticating all humans, which we could talk about in a minute in more detail if you want, uh, could be very positive changes. We'll get to that in a second. Adam, I want to know how you would answer that question. Do you believe Elon Musk has the public's best interests at heart, Twitter users' interests at heart, or Elon Musk's interests at heart? 
Well, I think we'll see. It, it's an open question. I think he, every platform, Twitter included, starts off with a bent towards free expression. That's what he's stated pretty clearly. The problem is that 1% of users who make a mess of the place, right, with spam, harassment, hate speech, what some people call lawful but awful speech. And the problem is that if you don't do anything about that kind of speech, you drive away your happy, productive 99% uh, responsible users, and you turn off your advertisers who really don't want their ads appearing next to hateful or, or harassing content. Look, every community wants both a generally free environment, um, but also a police force to enforce the rules. And that, that's what most people want on social media. That comes through in polling. People want more transparency for expression, but they also want clear content moderation and they don't want to see junk. And I think uh, he'll, he'll see that. Well, uh, uh, Renee DiResta put this, I believe, you know, very eloquently where she said, Elon Musk is equal parts innovator, equal parts potentially troll. Even though I think we can all agree Elon Musk is incredibly innovative, is he innovative enough to figure out free speech in a way that works for everyone when so many people, so many massive companies that have come before have not been able to? Adam. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, frankly, one of the challenges about this is that um, Twitter is such an important service for po policymakers, for newsmakers, that whoever runs the company, whether it's Musk or uh, whether it's Jack Dorsey or DeCoslo before them, have found that sort of politicians working the refs over content policies to be a huge headache. And I suspect once that initial enthusiasm passes, uh, he may find that too. It may be relatively easy to, you know, to reinstate Trump, as, as Brad said. But what happens the next time there's a January 6th type event? What happens when uh, Nancy Pelosi calls? Because she doesn't like a call they've made. So these are calls that no social media CEO relishes making. But unfortunately, it's, it's part of the job. Now, Elon Musk loves polls. If only uh, he could do a poll saying, do you want me to own Twitter, yes or no? We would know how many Twitter users are actually in favor of this. Certainly, there's a huge contingent of people that thinks, uh, and including the Twitter board, uh, th th this, is, this is the right thing to do. Um, David, you mentioned the idea of authenticating users. What exactly would that accomplish? Well, let's remember, Twitter has never required users to really be anything. You could call yourself anything, you could be anyone, and there was really a lot of opacity in terms of who was actually speaking. Of course, some people identified themselves clearly on their Twitter profile, et cetera, but that was not a requirement of the service. Facebook, on the other hand, has always had that. Um, and even though it's been diverged from to some degree, it really did, to some extent, maintain civility uh, in the service relatively. Um, and I think this could be a more civil conversation just by making that change on Twitter in itself, where you always knew who was speaking, because anonymity is one of the real scourges of, of disinformation and causes a way of successful disinformation. If you don't know who's speaking, people can mask themselves, etc. Uh, so I think that's a very positive thing. But I want to just keep going back to this question: Does sec does does Musk really want to make money from this deal? Or is he is he considering this a plaything? You'd think with this kind of expenditure, he's got to make a good business. If he really has to make a good business, I think these agonizing questions everybody's asking about moderation will be settled by the marketplace, and they will be settled in the way that we were just hearing. He will have to moderate, just like every other social media does, because that is what users and the community wants.
And maybe SpaceX is an interesting comparison there because he has kept that as a private company, but we don't know what the financials look like. Adam, I'm curious uh, to hear from you, given you know you running in these Washington policy circles, uh, is this going to raise the eyebrows of policymakers? Do you foresee any potential regulatory issues down the line? I don't foresee any issues, particularly with um, with the sale in terms of a, a review or anything like that. I think we've already seen that Republicans and Democrats are viewing this a little bit differently. I think in the last couple of weeks, you've seen congressional Republicans cheering for Musk's takeover of the company, uh, perhaps because they think uh, he's going to allow Trump back on. I think if you gave most Republicans in Congress truth serum, they'd probably say that Trump being on Twitter was better for Democrats and a headache for Republicans. Um, but so I do think you'll see the continued working of the refs. That's always been true of social media. Uh, but I don't foresee significant regulatory issues. I do foresee that Musk will continue to poke at regulators like the SEC. That's been part of his history. And uh, Parag Agarwal, the CEO of Twitter, is actually in the middle of an all-hands meeting with employees right now. He's just said that the company will continue to operate as usual. Until the deal closes, we're getting headlines from the meeting now that no layoffs are currently planned, uh, that stock grants will continue to vest, but uh, there's going to be a hiring freeze for now. Uh, David, really curious how employees are taking this. As I understand it, there's been a huge contingent of people uh, not happy about this, and another contingent of people, people uh, strongly in favor of Elon Musk. Also curious about Jack Dorsey and the role that he's played in this equation. We saw uh, some, uh, you know, <laughs> attention going back and forth between Jack and Elon Musk. Jack changing his his official title to Blockhead. Uh, Elon Musk complimenting that, and saying that 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 title is on fire. Jack responding that Elon Musk is the techno king. What has been the influence, do you think, of Jack Dorsey on this deal, having left well, the company? It's, it, it's a good thing to speculate about. I, my guess is that Jack, like me, is cautiously optimistic about what this could mean. But nobody can look at Elon Musk and not worry that something could spin out of control in an unpredictable direction. And I'm sure Jack, who feels very deeply attached to and proprietary about Twitter, uh, wants to see his baby kept healthy. And, and, but I also think he knows that there have been important changes that they have been prevented from making because it would potentially cause short-term profit implications or, or, or revenue implications. And, and that is all going to go away once the company's private. But can I just ask Adam a question, though? Because I wonder about the SEC. They still have to approve this transaction. Here's a guy who was accused and settled with them for securities fraud regarding Tesla um, and didn't necessarily abide by the terms of the settlement. Um, and what is the possibility as a Washington guru, Adam, that maybe the SEC might think of him as potentially unsuitable unless certain conditions are put on this transaction? It's not an antitrust issue, but they have the right to, to do whatever they want. 
Sure. It's not out of the question. And certainly SEC Chair Gary Gensler has been not been shy about using his authority when it comes to, for example, the whole crypto industry. Uh, they haven't yet done this kind of thing, but I think it's very possible. And, and certainly to the extent that he could say, look, this is kind of my moment to extract um, some kind of conditions or concessions. I think that's uh, I think that's very possible. And of course, that's not the end of it. Right. Because even in, um, in in Musk's role as head of Tesla, he's constantly tail uh, tangling with regulators around safety and all these other questions, and there, there are some important questions. So I don't think even the acquisition is even probably the end of, uh, of Musk's uh, interaction with regulators around, uh, around Twitter. All right, well, well this let's is just certainly not the end of anything. Uh, we're going to have to leave it there, David. This is okay, the beginning no of something, uh, if it's anything. Adam Kovakovich, thank you, as well as David Kirkpatrick. We could debate this for hours. Appreciate you both joining us today to weigh in. Time for our crypto report now, and I want to get back to Elon Musk buying Twitter. He said he wants to open source the algorithm. Could Twitter's future then be decentralized? And if so, what does that mean? Jack Mahler, CEO of the digital payments platform Strike, and our crypto contributor, Shanali Bostic, with us now to discuss. Jack, uh, I, I'm sure you have opinions about this as a, a Twitter user, but also as a business. Twitter, I know, is one of your customers. What's been your reaction to Elon Musk sealing the deal here, making it official today? Ladies, hello. Happy Monday. Thanks for having me. Um, no, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. And I look up to Elon as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, and as someone that makes the world a better place. In my opinion, his existence has been net positive. And uh, I think, I've always thought that an open payment standard that allows for natively digital physical settlement, that sounds crazy, but it's a cheaper, better, faster, more inclusive, inherently innovative payment standard uh, suits internet businesses tremendously well. It allows natively digital companies to enable native, natively digital payments. And I don't think we've ever seen a social network really exercise that muscle. And it seems like Elon's been hinting at it. And I'm very, 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 very excited to see it come to reality. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Jack, you know, so many people don't realize that there's already a relationship between Strike and Twitter. Twitter said last year that tipping with Bitcoin would be made available over the Lightning Network with you guys. How far has that gone so far and where else could it go now? Yeah, I think that over the last 12 months, there's been uh, a lot of belief and interest in this concept of creator economy as more and more of the creator world lives now on the web. I kind of want to take a step back for a second, though, and revisit payments as a whole. Payments as we know them today, how do you digitally move a piece of paper? How do you digitally move a rock? How do you digitally move a bar of gold? Trick question. You can't. And so all of the payments that are predicated on older assets are promises of future settlement. And that's where you get intermediaries like banks banks and card networks that facilitate these payments. They make them really expensive. They make them really slow. They inhibit other people in the world that they don't serve from participating. For the first time ever, guys, we have an asset, a physical, a physical bare instrument that's digital. It's a mind-blowing concept. Mm -hmm. How do you move a physical Bitcoin digitally? What do you mean? That's part of how it works. And so not only can we do creator payments, Twitter can do micropayments, 
Twitter can enable a creator's economy. Twitter could check out at a Starbucks if they're both on the Bitcoin Lightning Network. And so I think when you lower the barrier of entry to a physical barrier instrument, you don't need to be issuing credit. Right. You don't need to be promising debt. You don't need to be regulated to make payments and, and Jeff, facilitate payments. So Jeff, I think Twitter could do anything, really. You know, you work with Lightning Network. That is very, very Bitcoin-oriented. But we're seeing Bitcoin and Dogecoin rise on the back of these announcements. So what do you think about the potential for Bitcoin, other currencies, Dogecoin? We are seeing them drop a bit now as well. But, you know, we, are, we have seen them, you know, rise on the excitement of Elon Musk and Twitter. Yeah, you're seeing everything in the world rise on excitement because the Federal Reserve and other central banks are perverting risk tolerance across all assets and it's scaring the dear life out of everybody. And so everything is more appealing than holding dollars or just something that's going to bleed to death. And so I wouldn't take a lot of noteworthiness that Dogecoin is up. So is the couch in my living room over there. Who cares? Bitcoin is a known monetary policy. A fixed supply is the best asset ever. It's better at being a central bank than central banks. It's also better at being Visa than Visa. It's it's also better at being Western Union than Western Union. It's also better at being Chase than Chase. Why do I need to focus my time on anything else? I think we have a lot of work to do on empowering the world with the greatest tool that will ever be invented, at least in my lifetime. And so I don't really get distracted by the noise, whether my couch in my living room is up a little bit or Dogecoin. Don't really matter to me because, I don't know, the dollar's down. Right. That's what that means. That must be some couch, Jack. Jack Muller is always good to have you here on the show, CEO of Stripe and Strike and our crypto contributor, Shanali Basik. Thank you both. Elon Musk sealing the deal to buy Twitter. Twitter CEO Parag Agarwal has been talking to employees at a Twitter all-hands meeting over the last hour. A lot of questions there. Our Ed Ludlow uh, ha has been getting some details on what right. Parag Agarwal has said. And a lot of questions. It's the kind of things you expect. No yeah. layoffs currently planned. There'll be a freeze on hiring. A lot of questions. There's been a lot of questions over the last 10 days from insiders I've spoken to. What happens to equity compensation, mm -hmm. RSUs? A lot of Twitter workers want to know how does a private company actually work? And, you know, the management team have said what you'd expect them to say in this set of circumstances. He says Twitter's going to continue to operate as normal until right. a deal is done. Whatever normal is in, in this, this context. Yeah. They've said that they want this deal to happen before the end of the year or expect yes. it to happen before the end of the year. How soon could it happen? How fast could, could this deal get, actually get done? It would take time to take a company private. There's not a lot of past precedent for a company at this scale. You know, the, the t attention quickly turns to when does Elon Musk get to implement changes that he's proposed or how does that work? Is he literally walking into Market Street into the offices and saying, hey guys, I'm here. I've got some ideas. Let's talk about it. You know, the insiders I've spoken to a lot of them are positive about it. I think you've covered mm. this in the show. They welcome his ideas. They just don't get the hierarchy. Mm. How does this company now work? Does Parag Agarwal stay as CEO? Exactly. Well, we've seen Elon Musk's CEO of Twitter, stay on CEO right. of SpaceX, have some management issues with top execs at his other companies. So what does that mean for yeah. current executives at Twitter? And finally, there are questions about whether that $21 billion of equity financing, does he actually still bring partners in? And who are those people? Are they kind of like-minded activist investors that want to see the same changes? Because that could change the dynamic of the deal. What are the chances this deal falls through? Won't put a number on it. Would say lots of people are confident there won't be any regulatory problems going forward based on the notes we've seen really in the last hour. Right.
All right. So many unanswered questions, but thank you for answering what sure. we do know. Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow, thank you. That does it for this edition of Bloomberg Technology. We're going to be back here tomorrow. Follow even more details, more angles uh, on this deal, as well as tech earnings from the biggest giants, Alphabet and Microsoft reporting. We'll be across all of it tomorrow. I'm Emily Chang in San Francisco. This is Bloomberg. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.